0: Hi, everyone. Lee Arnold welcoming you to our podcast of Country Music Conversations. There are so many things that I could say about today's guest. I probably could use every superlative in the world to describe this superstar and legend. I'm talking about one of the most celebrated figures in country music this or any other year, George Strait. But before we start this conversation, here are a few words from our sponsor. Country Music Conversations with Lee Arnold's podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Marketsmith, Inc., the digital media agency that's been growing brands like Toomey, Shark Ninja, New Jersey Lottery, pse g Blue Mercury Cosmetics, and Dick Sporting Goods. You know what makes this agency so good at what they do? Because simply being a marketing agency is no longer enough. Solution based problem solving and ever evolving, they create enduring value for DTC and B2B brands by opening up and growing marketing channels. Their patented AI offerings, informed by human intelligence, allow them to act with agility and intellect. I was speaking with the CEO not too long ago, and she was saying they take on clients who know who they are, who want to grow and clients that know what they want. These big brands choose Marketsmith because they want to merge with a partner who'll make them exceptional and an agency that will grow their revenue. Digital marketing is not easy, but Marketsmith, Inc. knows when to make the media dollars work hard for their clients. You have a brand you want to grow? Well, contact Marketsmith.com and tell them, Lee Arnold sent you. If there's anyone in the world of country music who's done it all, it's George Strait. George is considered one of the most influential and popular recording artists of all time, not only a singer, but a songwriter, actor, and even music producer. Back in the 1980s, George was credited with igniting the neo traditional country movement, and he stood out for his authentic cowboy image and his roots-oriented sound at a time when Nashville was dominated by country pop crossover acts. His country style has garnered him the title of the king of country music. His success began when his first single, Unwound, was a big hit in 1981. During the 80s, seven of his albums reached number one on the country charts, and in the 2000s, Strait was named Artist of the Decade by the Academy of Country Music, where he was elected to the Country Music Hall of Fame and won his first Grammy for the album Troubadour. George Strait was named CMA Entertainer of the Year in 1989, 1990, and 2013. He was also named ACM Entertainer of the Year in 1990 and 2014. George's been nominated for more CMA And ACM awards and has more wins in both categories than any other artist. By 2009, George Strait broke Conway Twitty's previous record for the most number one hits on Billboard's Hot Country charts when his 44th number one single surpassed Conway. So far, he's amassed 60 number one hits and currently holds the record for the most number one songs on all charts, by an artist in any genre of music. He's also known for his touring career, where he designed a 360-degree configuration, and he was the one who introduced festival style tours. His final concert at AT AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas, back in June of 2014, drew over 105,000 people, setting a new record for the largest indoor concert in North America. George eloped with his high school sweetheart, Norma, and the couple married in Mexico in 1971. And that same year, he enlisted in the U.S. Army and was stationed in Hawaii. While in the service, he spent most of his time fronting his own band called Rambling Country and appearing for the servicemen all over Hawaii. After his discharge, He enrolled at Southwest State University in San Marcos, Texas, and he graduated with a degree in agriculture. During the 1970s, he renamed his group the Ace and the Hole Band and became very popular, appearing in various honky-tonks and bars all around Texas. George became friends with Irv Woolsey, who operated one of those bars in which the Ace and the Hole Band appeared. Irv had previously worked for MCA Records, and after unsuccessful trips to Nashville in search of a record deal, George Strait was turned down by almost every label in town. But not long afterwards, MCA signed George to a recording contract in February 1981. He released his first single, called Unwound, which climbed to number six on the Hot Country Charts. However, tragedy struck when his daughter Jennifer, who was 13 years old at the time, was killed in a car accident in 1986. George stopped doing interviews for many years after the accident. Then in 1992, with the great looks of a Hollywood star, George played the main character in the film Pure Country. And when the film's soundtrack was released, it became his most successful studio album. Beginning in 1997 and continuing through 2001, he headlined the George Strait Country Music Festival, which included artists such as Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Kenny Chesney, Alan Jackson, and many more. In 1984, I sat down with George for an interview in which we touched on many subjects, including the stories behind the songs does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? You look so good in love, and many others. Here now is that conversation with George Strait,
1: with uh, a good friend of ours. Uh, and I, I just thought of something, George Strait, as I'm sitting here about the first time we met in person. Uh, you were booked for uh, for an appearance at a place called Action Park, New Jersey, and Some holiday weekend, I believe it was Memorial Day weekend. And uh, at that time, a few years ago, not too many people, at least in the New York area, had had a couple of hits. Unwounded come out, but weren't that familiar with George Strait. And I think between you and the band and I and your wife, we outnumbered the
2: audience. (laughs) I believe you're right. We had fun, though, didn't we?
1: We had a great time, though, (laughs) It doesn't matter who was there. Those who were there had really enjoyed themselves. What a difference four or five years makes in an artist's life. Uh, It's been an incredible year for you. And uh, good guys don't finish last. Good guys finish first, in your case. even And you wear the white hat to prove it.
2: Yeah, I still wear the white hat. Thanks, Lee. You're just full of compliments this morning.
1: It's really good to see what's been happening with your career. Uh, I was just thinking about the new new album, which is out. You had mentioned, before the album was released, your latest album, Does Fort Worth Ever Cross Your Mind, that you were more excited about this than almost any project you've undertaken so
2: far. That's true. It's, uh, it's the first time that I've been able to co-produce uh so i had more you know i feel like it's more george Strait than anything that i've done so far not that not that i'm not you know proud of the other three albums that i've done because i think that uh uh mavis and ray backer both are good producers and and but it's just an opportunity for me to have more freedom you know to do the things that i feel like i you know i need to do in the studio and it's more work for me but it's I kind of feel like it ought to be that way, and uh, <clears throat> it makes it, you know, when when you're in there and you're because uh, Jimmy Bowen just more or less turns me loose in there, and he takes care of the, the technical things, you know. But uh, uh, but as far as uh, the picking the songs and uh, <clears throat> doing arranging the music and and making it sound like I want to sound well, he, you know, it's totally, you know. He totally leaves it up to me. So <clears throat> I'm real pleased with the situation now.
1: Does Fort Worth ever cross your mind? The story behind that, that's the title cut of the album, doing very well. Why you chose that one and what did it mean to you?
2: Well, it's just, uh, I don't know. It was one of those songs that you hear and and I just liked it right away. Whitey Schaefer wrote it and and we were over there listening to a bunch of his songs and he kept playing them. I kept going, yeah, I'll take that one. Yeah, I'll take that one. I took about six of his songs that day And I ended up cutting about four of them on the album, so um, I don't know. He'd written that six or seven years ago, and I don't know why nobody ever released it, but I think it's a great song. Got to have special meaning
1: for you, George, because being from Texas, I'm (laughs) sure you played quite a bit in Fort Worth.
2: Well, we do. We play uh, Fort Worth uh, all the time. We play Billy Bob's out there, and I think we're going to be there New Year's Eve, so it's going to be wild. Recent
1: hit of yours really struck the chord. I mean, you're equally at home, whether it's a, a Texas Western swing song, all of Bob Wills, or one of those great love ballads, uh, country ballads. And you look so good in love. was really a, a beautiful statement, a beautiful song, piece of poetry.
2: Thank you. It was, uh, that was on the right or wrong album. It's, that's probably my biggest record, I'd say, so far. Uh, it, uh, I don't know if I would have cut it or not. Uh, right back kind of twisted my arm and, and, uh, I liked the song, but <clears throat> the talking part in there was a little different for me, and I wasn't real sure about that, but uh, i sure I'm glad he talked me into it.
1: I'll bet there's an en- enormous reaction when you do that on stage.
2: There is. That's how come I know it's my biggest record. <laughs> the, the ladies
1: all gather around and probably are clawing to get up there to to get a kiss or a hug or something.
2: Well, it's uh, it's been real nice, you know, it's... Uh, I, I, I really don't understand it and don't take it too serious, but
1: but it's been real nice. You've become a country idol, I mean, not only as, as a performer, but also as, as almost like a Hollywood or a celebrity figure that the girls come out to see you because of your good looks and your presentation and your and your nice manner, which is not abrasive or brash. It's very shy and it's kind of retiring, almost to the point
2: of being bashful. Well, some people say that, yeah. I don't know i don't feel like i'm real bashful you know but uh i just uh i'm just kind of laid back i would say <laughs> <laughs>
1: laid back western swing that's your thing <laughs> yeah, that's my thing that's good <laughs> let's talk uh, about a couple other songs that you had amarillo by morning i always like that because uh, it has a texas flavor it and a very nice message what about that song is there a special story
2: well amarillo by morning i was doing that song for years in the in the clubs and and honky tonks all over and it was probably the most requested song that we would have you know as far as from the bandstand and and this was before i even signed with mca and so uh we decided to put it on the album and and the response was real good from that so we chose it as a single and and it did real good it's been released A lot of people have done that song, but I think it's at least one time besides mine nationally, and that was uh, with Terry Stafford, I think, and he wrote it. A lot of people
1: say, oh, I wish I could write the perfect country ballad and love song, and I think you had one of the the best that was ever written in a song called Let's Fall to Pieces Together. I mean, that really says, if ever there was a honky-tonk song that says it all, that
2: one is it. Well, I will agree with that. I I thought that was a uh, a country classic if I ever heard one. You know, and 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 I was that tape was sent to me, and I and I can't remember. Uh, I know that song wasn't uh, wasn't marked on there for one the one of the ones that they wanted me to hear, but I just kind of let the tape roll and heard that song, and, and right away I liked it, and, and so we. uh <clears throat> i'm glad we released it as a single out because i i sure didn't want to get it, it to get buried and you know and not and not ever get released so yeah it's one of my favorite songs i've ever done
1: i know something that gives you a big joy and kick is is your your great feelings and admiration and respect for bob wills the king of western swing and you've included a lot of his songs one of your recent hits was the title cut of your album called right or wrong which was uh, a bob Wills standard
2: right and uh we probably wouldn't ever even cut that song either if it, <clears throat> we had Gimbal in the studio, and uh, you know, Gimble used to play with Bob Wells and Johnny Gimble, and we were almost through. We had one more song to do, and we had about three songs to choose from, and none of them were really doing much for us then. So Ray Baker said, "Well, why don't we do Right or Wrong?" He'd heard me do it on stage because mm. we we had it in our show. To, already i said well okay and gimbal was thrilled to death you know he said all right yeah let's do it and so he went and ran it down to the guys and uh and we did it and named the album after it. <laughs> good thing you yeah, did good thing we did
1: there, speaking about bob wills i had read something or heard something to the, that they were contemplating doing a movie about the story and the life of bob wills and we're considering casting you in the leading role
2: really that's the first i've heard about that
1: I had read about it in the trade seriously. Did you really?
2: Yeah. That'd be great. <laughs> how would yeah, you like to play it. How would you like to play Bob Wills? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, it'd be interesting, I'm sure. <laughs> Are you serious or you joking? I'm no, I'm not even serious.
1: <laughs> the only thing missing is I know what you're going to do about the cigar and the fiddle. I know No,
2: yeah, I know, it. I know it. that's what I I was fixing to say that'd be really interesting because I don't smoke cigars or play the fiddle.
1: (laughs) I think if they catch, you're going to have to learn fast, George. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Talking about a couple of the other songs, and uh, I just want to touch base. Let me just get my notes here so I can see what I'm reading here. Let's fall to pieces. Fourth word, You Look So Good in Love. Right or wrong, we hit those four. Okay, I think we we covered all. Oh, yeah. The first artist needs what they call the breakthrough record, the song that will establish them. With the friends and neighbors out there, and the fans of country music. In your case, it was a it was a song called "Unwound."
2: Yeah, that was that was a song that actually got me signed with MCA Records, and uh, and it was written by Frank Dykus and Dean Dillon. and And I was down there still working on the ranch when I got that song. And this was was my third time to come to Nashville and record when I recorded that song. And uh, the first two times we did sessions and. And we really couldn't get them placed with anybody. We pitched them all around the different labels here in town, and really didn't do much for them. But whenever I cut "Unwound," well, that's when uh, the MCA, I guess, took notice, and and uh, they signed me with that that song. And that's what got it all started for me.
1: Having been from Texas and grown up in Texas all your life, George, it was really amazing to me to find out that your real starting country music didn't really start until you got in the army and was stationed in hawaii and formed a country band there
2: that's right i was uh 21 years old and uh we uh i just really wanted to learn to play the guitar and and just sing for myself you know and i uh really one thing led to another and it kept getting bigger and bigger and i i kept uh getting more interested in it and and i I finally knew enough songs to where i could you know play get a band together and and play gigs and so that's what we did and later on uh for the last year that i was in the service i sang country music for the army that was my job it was a great job and and uh, one that everybody should have when they're in the army
1: (laughs) especially you being stationed in hawaii
2: (laughs) being stationed in hawaii uh, it was uh, it was great uh I don't think they really wanted to let me out of uh, my company that I was in to do it, but it was a post commanded general's uh, idea and his thing and and so there wasn't much they could do about it. We, it was a great uh, great thing for me because it uh, it gave me a lot of time to get experience uh, singing and and playing clubs and playing in front of people, period.
1: You've been in the business a little while now. You're certainly no newcomer anymore because you've been kind of seasoned and been out there. You've been performing. You've had hit records, hit singles, hit albums. What's the biggest lesson so far that George Strait has learned in country
2: music? Well, that's a good question. Like, the biggest lesson that I've learned is uh, is uh, that, it's, that it's not, you know, uh, there's a lot of hard work to keep... A, to keep a band and and uh, buses and an organization period on the road and and uh, playing dates and when you when you finally get to the point where you know you haven't hit records you definitely want to stay there so uh, it's not you know a lot of people think that that it's just get on the bus and go and get off and go singing but it's, there's a lot more. To it than that, a lot more involved, and I think that that's the main thing that I've learned, and is to uh, is to discipline myself enough to where uh, I can take care of not just the singing, but also the business part of the of the music.
1: I know you're very dedicated to your fans, and I know when they get out there, uh, it's kind of different to, to see a performer in Texas as it would be on Wisconsin, because when you're in Texas, people like to dance when you perform, and in other areas of the country, people would consider that distracting and rude to the performer. However, I guess you take it all in stride in Texas, huh? It doesn't bother you?
2: No, it doesn't bother me at all. It, you know, I'm used to it. I guess it's. Uh, uh, I know when people are dancing that they're having a good time, and and anymore, it's gotten to where uh, they're dancing so far back that I can't hardly see them. But it's a shame to waste uh, good dancing music, and and so I, I don't. It doesn't bother me at all.
1: One of the hardest things for a performer who is married is to keep his marriage together, particularly when the demands on him are are so much and, and take so much of his life away from home, particularly being on the road and recording sessions and, and touring, et cetera, as is in your case. Uh how has it worked out? I know you have a young a beautiful wife and, and two beautiful children.
2: Well, it's been working out real good. We uh you know, it's a it's quite an adjustment to have to make, uh, being gone all the time, but uh, you got to look at it like anything else. You know, it's a business, and it's the way I make my living, and and it's just a part of it. You got to do it. There's no way you can sit around the house, and uh, and not go on the road. And I had actually told myself that this year I was going to slow down and do because we probably played over 200 dates last year. But I, uh, as the year started and and things got going, I, I just you know, I realized that that was stupid for me to even think about doing it at this point, career, because uh, there's just no way I can slow down now. I've gotta, you know, I've gotta keep going full steam ahead. So uh, we're working more than we ever have now, and but it it is a little strain, you know, on uh, being married and everything. And it's but it's something that I think we've gotten used to, and it it was harder at first than it is now.
1: Do you feel any sense of responsibility uh, to yourself or to the fans at this point, having achieved the success you have of just keep rolling it and keep growing bigger and better? How do, how do you? What, what do you look for to improve? What do you look to improve at this point, George? You've really had it all. I mean, you have hit records, personal appearances are there, fan acceptance is there.
2: Well, there's always something that, that you know, you can do. And uh, I'll probably uh, – I've got a seven-piece band now, and I'll probably – i just i'm building a new bus and because we're full up on this one so i'm gonna ha- have to run two buses and and uh, i'll probably have a bigger band even I, I i look to add one or two more pieces to the band maybe a, another fiddle player and maybe another guitar player but uh that's just a little further on down the road but you know there's always things you can do to improve uh, improve your show or whatever every
1: group and every uh, artist usually has a name for their group. In your case, it's the Ace
2: and the Whole Band. Ace and the Whole Band, right. Where did that come from? Well, we uh, went back when we started out with this band about eight, nine years ago, I guess it was, back in 75, well, we were trying to think a name for the band, and a couple of the guys came in the same day with the same name. And so that's how it, that's, we figured it must mean something there, so that's what we named it.
1: That's democratic enough. If two guys <laughs> thought of it, we might as well use it, right?
2: That's right, and we liked it anyway.
1: George, I want to thank you for taking time out. You're going to be moving again, and uh, congratulations on the new album and all, thank and you. a good single called Does Fort Worth Ever Crush Your Mind. Hope to see you again soon. It's always a pleasure being
2: with you. Thank you. It's always a pleasure seeing you too. And there's our visit with the king of
0: country music, George Strait. Hope you enjoyed it. Next week on Country Music Conversations, our guests will be the gentle giant Don Williams. Until then, Lee Arnold here reminding you to stay safe and keep it country.